Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fun of Halo podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Nate, or go by Bad Twin. I'm here with my buddy Matt, or Frontagery BM. Yellow. Uh, tonight, we'll be talking about, or today, wherever you guys are, uh, talking about Halo 4 um, and the lore and everything behind the Halo 4 series. Um, and I think that's kind of where we get started tonight. I do have to apologize in advance that we have been pretty much MIA as of late. Uh, me and Matt both have been dealing with uh, work and life and everything, and it's just been overwhelming. So I do apologize that we've been gone lately. Life is ex- <laughs> life is exhausting. <laughs> it, it really is. And I know all you guys will understand that, uh, but we're happy to be back and talk about this um, game that we enjoyed when it came out. Um, but yeah, Halo 4 is going to be the topic of the night. Yes, sir. I think mostly just story because honestly, most of my multiplayer memories just come from like reaching three, to be honest. And yeah, same. Like, I know <laughs> I played Halo 4 multiplayer definitely with like my brother and everything, but it just I don't remember it as much. It wasn't as, um, I don't know, solidified in my um subconscious. You know, I didn't play a whole lot of custom games. You didn't have that duck hunt. It was more just like arena style games. And it just didn't, it didn't stick with me. You know, it, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. We had hours of fun. It just, not the memories of like chilling in the basement, Mountain Dew and pizza all night <laughs> and doing that type of thing, you know. Double XP. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, the Mountain Dew double, double XP. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a throwback. Um <laughs> Also, everybody can yell at Nate for not uh, watching the show. <laughs> Throw you under the bus real quick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, nah, but to be fair, I haven't, I, like, I've watched, I think, the first two episodes, and I haven't watched since, so I, uh, I've got some catching up to do myself, but yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't even started still it. still very skeptical. Like, it, it's one thing, okay, I'll, I'll bring this up real quick. I'll bring this up real quick. <clears throat> it's one thing. Like, this is not necessarily a spoiler. It's just more of a pisses me off. It's one thing to have Chief show his face. Sure. Sure. You can do it. Whatever. It's fine. I'm a little salty about it, but whatever. But every given opportunity, this man takes his helmet off. And it's like one instance, they'll be like, he'll have his helmet off. He'll get in a warthog. He'll put his helmet on. And then he takes a short, very short trip. Just uh, it cuts to another scene. He gets out of the warthog and then the helmet's off again. I'm like, what? What, what was the point? See, that's my rant it's, for the day. <laughs> it's that. It's that stuff. Like you tell me that. My other friends tell me other things. I see stuff on the internet. I'm like, I don't fucking want to watch it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be upset the entire time. And okay, I get it. If people say if you're a real Halo fan, you enjoy it for what it is. They tried. No, they fucking didn't. They didn't read. They didn't read the books. They didn't play the games. They took the name and they ran with it. And that that shit just gonna piss me off. I can already tell. But I did hear that it gets better the more you get into it. It's just I haven't started. I am so so scared <laughs> of that goddamn show. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like I started watching it, and then I like I think it was last week or two weeks ago i started watching uh moon knight and that just kind of stole good. that stole all my interest from halo it's just like yep moon knight that is a bomb show it's it's really good i i've been watching that one weekly i i Same. keep up to date on that one but Same. 
Yeah, I have not. Sorry, Halo. Plus, I, I don't have Paramount. I so. haven't watched Moon Knight for like the first two or three episodes. So I like one day in one day, I watched three episodes straight. And then all of a sudden, mm. I'm like, all right, what day is it? It's Tuesday. All right, I'm watching the next episode tonight. <laughs> See, that's that's hard, though, because when you do that, like binge of three episodes, all you do is want more. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. But, you know, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> no, I, no, I get it. I do. But like, I like, started off like one episode in the first week. So I know like I start there. I just work it once a week if you can do three episodes in a day you spoil yourself and you're like oh shit i gotta wait <laughs> all right all right sorry we went off on a little side tangent but anyways we don't have to talk about how moon knights are superior show right now but anyways <laughs> halo 4 <laughs> all right let's get started with halo 4 um here is pretty much the beginning they kind of have halsey talking about john and everything like that of what made John John, what made the Spartans the Spartans, and that type of stuff. Okay, that's uh, Oni interrogating Dr. Halsey, the creator of the Spartan program. Going into it though, we are going four and a half to five years after the events of Halo 3. And Chief and Cortana have been floating on forward onto Dawn, the broken up ship, um, just floating all the way through space floating towards a forge world called Requiem. What a forge world is, is a complete, I don't want to say planet. It's its own, I don't think it's as big as a planet, but it's massive structure. It's like, but it's a full orb, kind of like a foreigner built earth, right? It's, it's for habitat and everything like that. But it's the only place in the entire galaxy there's different forge worlds that you could survive a halo blast and that's what they were meant for they were meant as like um sanctuaries so when the farmers would launch the halo array they had a place to go and hide but going into it they started floating towards the forge world of requiem and the intruder alarm wakes up chief um to pretty much get him ready to fight. There are invaders going on to Fort on a Dawn. Yes, it's a broken ship, but they are still aliens coming on to pretty much scavenge it. Not knowing Chief and Cortana are still on board. Cortana wakes up Chief. Chief gets all ready. She goes to this whole lowdown how his armor has been upgraded and he has all these new perks and that's why it looks different. And you all decked out, homie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw Halo 4 and they did that, I'm like, what the hell? Not that he looked bad. Okay, guys, Chief looked great. It looked great. It's a little more agile, a little more easy to move. I loved the armor. My only plot hole concern would be you're floating in space with nothing but debris, and yet you have the time and materials to craft this man a new suit. Maybe not a full suit. It's just upgrades and tweaks, but you have the time and the energy to craft items for the new suit. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. Moving on, though. <laughs> um, Chief fights his way through Fort Onto Dawn, and in that part, I remember there was, like, the sequence of, like, hit A, hit X, hit RB, that type of thing, and him climbing. 
uh that was great that was honestly one of my favorite parts of that game is like those little tiny cinematic playthrough sequences it was pretty fun and it was very different for a halo game because the other games would just stand up shoot them up and cutscene. you know <laughs> that's, that's about just, all she wrote yeah, yeah in the most simplest terms that's what it is and but they did it so perfectly. Halo Four, they added, they tried to add a little bit more of like in depth into it. So it was kind of like a short cutscene, but you could do something in it, and it was it was interactive. It was fun. But he fights against the, I want to say Covenant, but it's not the Covenant. It's a sub faction from the Covenant that still is fighting against humanity even five years after the war. These, um actions still believe in the prophets um speeches and they believe that halo is their pretty much savior it's going to be the thing that leads them to the promised land the um, covenant just they're still brainwashed and they still fight against humans and that's kind of what we're fighting right now when he fights through everything he the forward on dawn gets hit with like a gravity well not hit but they're getting pretty much sucked in like a tractor beam uh it is uh it's it's a huge force that pulls in ford onto dawn chief pretty much tries to fight his way through ford on dawn but everything crashes on the requiem chief goes unconscious but he wakes up a few hours later pretty much the entire covenant that was on that ship though died which you know, Chief Get is wrecked. built like a tank, so he'll live through any of that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. So when he wakes up, him and Cortana kind of have a heart to heart of like how long he's been asleep, what's going on, where are they? Oh, and by the way, Cortana is going crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called rampancy. AI rogue. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, AIs, when they were fabricated by the UNSC, had a eight-year shelf life. So pretty much after eight years, you would hand in your AI, you, they would get rebooted or deleted, and you would give be given a new AI. Well, Cortana, after the ship has been floating for about five years, she is one year overdue for the deletion or reboot process. So this is called rampancy. This is pretty much her going insane. Um, her mind is like playing tricks on her. She's having mood swings. She's, she's just a crazy bitch at this point. But you know, Chief is Chief and he loves her. He cares about her. He wants to protect her. And so he tells her, we're going to get Halsey and he's, she's going to fix this. And this, Cortana's just being... Cortana. Needy. <laughs> Needy bitch. <laughs> Needy bitch. Uh, but no, she, she is going through rampancy. She is having those issues. And it does pull at your heartstrings a little bit, definitely throughout the game, because this is a character you've played with for years. Definitely when I was playing through Halo 4, it just started bringing back all Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, all those memories that I've played those games and had Cortana by my side. And she's the one telling us where to go and what to do. And we have to plug her into the machine. And she's the one that stops it. Where the muscles, she does she does all the brain work, right? So what she is telling us these that she's going crazy and that there is 
no cure and that she's going to get deleted as soon as she finds the UNSC and all this. It is like heart-wrenching. It, it hurts. But it does make you feel when Chief says we're going to find Halsey and we'll get you fixed up, it makes you feel good knowing that you know, at least in the beginning when you play that game for the first time, <laughs> I felt, yeah, we're going to go beat this. We're going to find Halsey. She, she's going to fix Cortana. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're chilling. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be perfect. <clears throat> so they make their way through the area of Requiem. And they pretty much uh, go and disable a full like jamming field uh, to try to get a uh, communications out. They want to try to talk to the outside world. They're going to use Requiem as like a big satellite and talk to them. Uh, they then run into a new enemy called Prometheans. Prometheans are pretty much human souls put into machines. You learn this later in the game, but I'm just going to kind of give the backstory of Prometheans right now. So the Prometheans are the human essence put into machines. They were created by the Diadect. It's a forerunner. Once again, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But he, they were created pretty much as the warriors of the forerunners to fight against the Flood. It was a scheme created by the Diadect because there's no living flesh in Prometheans. Like I said, we'll talk about them a little bit more, but that's kind of the main base of them. Uh, they... They were the main reason to fight against the Flood, but the methods to create a Promethean was very, uh, I don't know, inhumane. That's a good word. Inhumane, that's caused issues with the Diadect. Well, we'll I'll talk about that in a second. But we'll keep moving forward. Uh, so they defeat the Jamming, everything they defeat the Prometheans. Uh, while doing this, Chief then disables two control nodes, which he thought was a good idea at the time, and then you realize that was a big no-no. <laughs> he awakens the Didact. The Didact was like the guy I was telling you guys about. He's the creator of the Prometheans. He is one of the greatest warriors the Forerunners have ever known. He is a Forerunner, but he's one of the like top generals. He was like the baddest of the bad. He was the dude that was running all the armies and like making the hard calls. And he is now released by Chief. He, when he awakens, he pretty much kicks Chief's ass without doubt. Like, Chief stood no chance. Can't touch him. Can't do anything to him. Stands zero chance in actually defeating this guy. And when you play the game, you feel very defeated after that cutscene. Like, Jesus. That's, uh, this is not how this is supposed yeah. to go, sir. <laughs> exactly. My whole, our hero, the, the biggest guy, of like, oh, he can't be taken down, just gets <laughs> the floor mopped with him and shoved into a trash can. I felt like but, everything I witnessed up to that point was just a one big lie. I'm like, Chief, you a bitch, dog. <laughs> yeah. Compared to Didek, yeah. Uh, when the Didact awakens, though, he declares the Forerunners as the rulers and the saviors of the galaxy. And when I was playing the game, I was like, why is, the, why is this Forerunner alive? What happened? I thought they all died. Well, like I said, Forge Worlds are the only place where 
you can survive that halo ray and he was imprisoned there he was imprisoned there for making prometheans making prometheans by composing humans pretty much ripping out their souls destroying their bodies and putting them into machines and that's and the forerunners had an issue with that saying like i said a little bit inhumane for you know their cause which they've been fighting the uh, flood at the time after the forerunner human war flood came in they started doing that type of war didact was like yo we're gonna take all these humans and start destroying them because you know they're worthless and made them into prometheans foreigners had an issue with that put them on requiem fire the halo array and that's why i survived that one i do not like the didact at all and not just because of this game just because in like lore and everything you'll learn about him he is the i get it you have to make hard calls in war but like god the dude has zero remorse for the shit he does <laughs> like just war crimes galore and he's like yeah fuck it i don't care <laughs> <laughs> let's see what line i can cross today exactly dude like ugh. he's frustrating <laughs> All right, so pretty much when he was saying how he's going to be the saviors of the galaxy, he's going to bring the Forerunners back to power. He pretty much states that humans are not strong enough to join the Forerunner or the New Order that was going to try to be with the galaxy. Who is strong enough is those sub-factions of the Covenant, though, with the Elites and the Jackals and all those guys. They're strong enough. Well, they have similar interests of just trying to wipe out humanity. So the Diadect pretty much recruits them with his Prometheans, and that's who you're fighting against now for the rest of the game. Going back to story, though, when Chief gets his ass kicked, he kind of runs away with his tail between his legs, but he goes to the Infinity that was on its way to uh, save Chief. He heard They've heard the distress beacon and so it's a new ship going to Requiem, i'm going to save chief what they didn't know is the gravity well that sucked chief in the first time now sucked in the infinity and caused them to crash as well so chief goes to the crash site and he meets lasky lasky is a uh, higher up in the unsc he's not like the captain of the ship i think he's a lieutenant but he has some say he's he's a very good character. He I think he is my favorite character in the in Halo 4. Um if you guys watch the Halo movie Fall of Reach live action one, that kid that they're talking about, that he actually is the main character, is Lasky, about him on Reach, how he met Chief for the first time, who Chief might not remember a whole lot because he was just on another mission, but Lasky met him. He it's the reason why he stayed in the military and he became like like I said, I think a lieutenant and he went to go save Chief. And I think that's a really cool story. Like watching the live action movie lead up to Halo 4, really well done. Like it's it's well done, it's really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Did you watch that movie? I did. It was a pretty good movie. I mean it's it was solid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like a blockbuster or anything like that but nah, like if you guys was, are if, you, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying the arc talks and you're liking the halo games honestly watch the movie really fun really entertaining kind of cheesy but it's 
part of the charm. It's really good. I like I said, I do enjoy that one. Oh, uh, so carrying on. Uh, once he met Lasky, he also meets Captain Del Rio. Yeah, they. Captain Del Rio is the captain of the Infinity. He's the head honcho. He's the main guy. Uh, he's kind of a prick, but you know he's the leader, so it is what it is. But he mm-hmm. sends John with a little team to go and destroy the Gravity World, and they su- the Gravity Well, and they succeed in doing so. Uh, it's like the only mission he succeeded in so far this entire game. I'm not trying to rag on Chief either. It's just in Halo 4, nothing goes right from the start of the game. Nothing. It is just one uphill climb the entire time. Uh, it's just... I don't know. It In like the other previous Halos, there was like battles that you would win, and you keep moving forward, and you keep moving forward, and you keep moving forward. Halo 4 felt like you can't win. No matter what you're doing, you're not winning this. So when you finally actually de- destroy the gravity well, it feels <laughs> good. Like, it felt really good to do that. But during that, uh, there's a cutscene where John has a vision of the librarian. So the librarian is another forerunner. It actually happens to be the Didek's wife. But the librarian tells John of all the bad things that the Didek did, like composing humans, making the Prometheans, why he was imprisoned. And she also gave John a gift. She enhanced his evolutionary process so he would be immune to composing. What, a, what the composing process is, is pretty much stripping your body of its flesh, ripping your soul out, and then he, the didact being able to hold your soul and place into different things, his Prometheans. Uh, the, that's, that's kind of the main thing. So she made it where... John could not get composed anymore. He he evolved to a new point where those means that technology wouldn't affect him in the way that it would affect normal humans now. So when he played it, I get it. Halo sci-fi. There's aliens. There's craziness. It's an ancient world. To me, they lost me a little bit when they did that because it seemed too like magic type of feel instead of science you know what i mean matt yeah i I completely get that to be honest like i don't know it was yeah too much too much yeah like it's cool but like he has a vision and she gives him the special powers now and now he's immune to the weapon of the didact it's just like i don't know seems (laughs) kind of campy yeah and it's just yeah, it was it was okay. Like it was cool. Like I said, it was cool. <laughs> the cutscenes was really cool, and like learning about the didact that was really cool. It just it seemed kind of campy. All right, so like I said, she tells him about everything he did. The didact was composing humans. He was tried for the war crimes and the imprisonment on Requiem. I stated that before, and that was pretty much the whole vision that he had. Well, after that. Chief Lasky and the other team members go and meet back up at uh, the Infinity. And this is where Captain Del Rio told Chief to hand over Cortana because she's becoming a crazy bitch. <laughs> rampancy, right? And he's telling her to like, hand over the AI. You can't do this. You can't do that. And at this point, you really realize that the captain's a dick. 
But Chief ain't gonna take it. He straight up disobeys orders, takes Cortana, leaves the ship, and uh, pisses the captain off, which is might be the best part of that whole game. Like that cutscene <laughs> is, I think, my favorite part of that game. Yeah, that's because it just a solid, solid scene. Yeah, and it shows Chief being Vulnerable, human. Yeah, yeah, because like beforehand, these are the orders. These are the orders you take them, and he listens. This is like the first time where he disobeyed direct orders from a superior, and he realized they can't do shit to me. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Master Chief, dog. <laughs> exactly man like you have to i have to go willingly for you to take this armor off and if you do i will still kick your ass <laughs> you know like he got all the power in that and yeah he still listens to orders and he does what he's told and that's the whole point of the spartans is they're humans but are they really you know that's deep but yeah right <laughs> but he showed that he was human and he was going to fight for who he cared about and he's going to keep Cortana because he has to keep her safe he has to find Halsey and they're going to make her better still hanging on to that gotta make her better crazy bitches going <laughs> going nuts and breaking shit yet we gotta make her better now that, <laughs> now that we're talking about that I'm not going to I'm not going to say too much but you all I'm going to say <laughs> if you do watch the Halo series you are really going to hate the way that Chief shows empathy in the show. Why? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to spoil it. Because if I say anything more, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give it away. And this is just a blatant spoiler. But I is know you're going to hate episode? it. Is it in the first episode? It's in like... Yeah, it might have been the... Yeah, it, was, it started at the end of the first episode, yes. Oh, God. Okay, I might watch that one at some point. I'm so scared of that show. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going back. I'm going back to the back to the, the story. Game. Yep. So at this point, that when Chief leaves, Captain Del Rio does not believe that the Diadect is that much of a threat. That he thinks he's trapped on Requiem. It's not that important. The main thing is to get Cortana deleted and them off Requiem, right? And Chief was like, yeah, nah, fam, not going to do that. So he dips, and Lasky and some others help him escape with a UNSC longsword. And when Chief did so, he saw the Didek leaving Requiem and followed him. And they ended up on Installation 3 near a Halo ring. There is a floating UNSC base right next to Installation 3, studying it and everything like that. And what you learn is their composer, the machine that was destroying humans and taking their souls out and putting them Prometheans and everything like that, is on Installation 3. So that level's pretty much you going through Installation 3, fighting some Prometheans, and pretty much when you get there, it tells you, oh, all that work you just did did fucking matter because the Didact still got it. Like when I said Halo 4, there is very little victories in this game. There is very little victories in this game. Like everything you do feels like it was worthless. 
because the die deck gets the composer by the end of that level and composes the goddamn base. Every single person, you see them. You see their souls pretty much get ripped out of them, and he has them all. But Chief didn't. He just gets pretty much stunned because of the magic boogla woogla that the librarian gave him. <laughs> but everyone else, dead. Like, you just spend another hour on a level helping, trying to help these people and save the base and destroy the didact, and yet they're all dead. It didn't fucking matter. <sighs> I guess I'm not hating on this game. I want to make that perfectly clear. I am not hating on this game. It was a pretty fun game. It was entertaining. It's just like, god damn. Okay? 3 for 3 was not... <sighs> They weren't gentle. They, they they didn't ease into it. They didn't give little victories. It's just one hit after another. It just got tiring. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay? It just felt tiring. Once again, fun, entertaining, just tiring. Um, going to the next point. Uh, the die deck got the composer, killed everyone, and now he's leaving the Installation 3. So Chief gets back into his longsword and tags a ride into like the slip splice stream with the didact, which that level also super fun because you're flying the longsword through like this maze type of thing. It's kind of like Halo 1 and Halo 3's last level when you're driving the Warhawk through all that random stuff and you're dodging and you're shooting and I don't know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy those levels. I know there's like kind of a, a gimmick type of level. It's like all you gotta do is drive it, but you know I enjoy them. It's something a little bit different, and this time you gotta fly, kind of like in Halo Reach with the the broadsword. Did you like that level, Matt? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I don't know. Like I'm trying was... to remember it. Like it's, Halo mm. Four has been such a long time, and like I said, most of my memories are just like three. And reach. <laughs> it's it like I said, it's a good level. I would say it's less than Halo One or Halo Three last level, and it's less than Halo Reach's um, broadsword level where you're fighting the Banshees. Now I, I want to point this out as well before we carry on. I'm not saying yeah. that I hate Halo Four. I loved Halo Four. It's just. For me, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was just getting older, if Halo was just getting, like, if video games in general were just getting stale. I don't know. But in my opinion, my own opinion, I feel personally that Halo 4 did not have the same replayability as 3, 2, and 1. It definitely didn't. And that's and why I'm you, having troubles remembering it, because I literally only played through it once. I think I've played it two or three times. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I don't, I personally don't think it, it might be because we're getting older, right? Like I said, it's Could not be. the same, Could like, be. Mountain Dew and pizza and Doritos <laughs> chilling in the basement for hours on end playing these games, right? It's, it, we, we were older, we were getting bigger, we were starting doing different things. We didn't have the time. Maybe some of us were starting jobs. It was a different time in our life. But yes. I will say the 343 series or saga that you want to go with for Halo, 
and I don't think it's because of nostalgia. It might be. I might just be biased, but I really don't think it's nostalgia. Is not as good as one, two, and three, or Reach. Yep. Four, like going on from four, when three, four, three took over the Halo franchise. It's not that they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad. <laughs> I'll say Halo Five is bad, but we'll talk about that next time. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying they they're not as good. They're fun, they're entertaining, there's something different, but to me, they lost what made Halo, Halo. And I, I understand if there's a lot of fans out there, they're going to fight me on that, and you definitely can. Everyone has their own opinion. It's just what made Halo to me for those first three games, something was lost when 343 took over. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Moving on before we get flamed. Yes, moving on, <laughs> going back to the story. And we're close, so close to the end of the story, guys. Okay, we're almost there. All right, so the die deck makes it to Earth, right? So pretty much the Captain Del Rio that we left back on Requiem. Fuck that dude. He was completely <laughs> wrong. All right, he the die deck was a threat. There was an issue. Die deck made it to Earth. And he starts composing New Phoenix in North America and just pretty much destroying thousands, millions of people, okay? People just getting composed instantly. And at that point, John, that was flying the longsword, he made it through the didact's area, he finally found the didact, and he starts trying to fight against the didact. He brought portable nukes with him just in case, and that level was weird. There's a lot of grav lifts through that level, and it was it was it's fun it's entertaining it's different it's just it didn't it was a weird boss fight that felt like they just didn't make it like a real boss fight so i don't know it was a weird ending level uh but you did get to blow that fucker up which felt great that was really cool yeah pretty much the last little thing you see is john gets his ass kicked again but he had the <laughs> nuke with him and you see him hit the nuke right and Cortana teleports you away. So only the didact is the one that like got hit with the blast and he fell into No, he yeah, he got pretty much dead. He's gone. He got obliterated. <laughs> so we thought. He'll be fine. He'll, comments, he'll walk it off. Yeah, well in the comics, somehow, some way the didact survived. That pissed me off. But he got thrown in like a black hole or something like that. That's how they killed him, throwing him out of a Threw him out into space. Here's random shit like that. Me, how the fuck do you survive a nuke blast? Face, face to face. But hey, it is what it is. And man, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, Halo doing Halo things. You know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once again, three for three storytelling. There's issues. I have issues. <laughs> Carry on. Now, this is the end of the game. And this is honestly the the best part of the game um because to me this is when it actually felt more like halo is when cortana is talking to chief and is able to actually like touch chief and everything that you've worked for one two and three with cortana and you actually get to see her and like it, it felt emotional. And then she asked him like, which one of us is the like person or which one of us is the machine or something like that. And like, I just got chills. 
Yeah, it's just like <laughs> that part to me was like Halo. That's Halo. That's Halo. Because Chief in Cortana, that's who it is. That's who it's supposed to be. And it was that scene right there at the very end. That was perfectly done. The rest of the game getting there, it was okay. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Okay. It was not, not bad. bad. Not great. It was but not bad. They're not, they're not great. And maybe, maybe I say that because I hold one, two, and three at a whole like S tier level, yes. and then they gave me four, and that's a solid B. Call it a B. Maybe a C, but I'm going with a B. <laughs> B minus. Maybe <laughs> a B minus. Because it's good. It's just like I said. There are just some things, and I think what it was was three, four, three. Have this new franchise, right? They they want to make Halo their own, so they have to make it their own. They had to do different things that Bungie never did or Bungie didn't want to do, and so they did new things. They incorporated more Forerunner technology into it. They added new enemies because if Three Four Three didn't, we're just playing a rehashed Bungie game over and over again. And they were done. They were gone. So I understand the creators wanted to make it their own. They wanted new characters. They wanted to expand the world. They wanted to teach us something. And at that section, they did it. And they did such a good job. The lore for Halo 4 is phenomenal. Um, I, and guys, I gave you guys like a rough, rough view of it all. Uh, you can honestly do some more research into it about the didact and how he came to be and everything. There's comic books and books and different videos. And that is what came out of 343. That's what came out of Halo 4. And that is the best part of the 343 Halo is more of the backstory and the legends and where all these characters came from. All right, so with all those legends and characters, that's that's from Halo four and three for three when bungie did it we got halo one two and three which we all loved right and we understood where it came from we understood the covenant and we understood the unsc it was a lot more simple so when three for three took it they they expanded the world and i thought i thought the characters and the world of halo is amazing that's what three for three did it's just their follow through their actual try at the game of playing it and telling that story i think bungie did a better job yes. but it was their baby to begin with three for three were just handed this and these are like the facts they had so run with it you know what i mean very true so it's it i can't blame three for three for that but at the same time you can't <laughs> Because they, they did what they thought was best. And they honestly put up a good game. They continued the story. They they added people. They added things. And it was really, really cool and entertaining. It's just... To me, it missed out on what made Halo Halo until that last scene with Cortana. And that's what made it really Halo. And that's when it made you feel the emotions you had with those types of games and characters. Because you can add all the worlds and all the different species and everything into it. But the reason why you keep playing is because of Master Chief and Cortana. True. And I will end it there uh, about talking about 343 and the Bungie because that's going to get me triggered into Halo 5. And we'll wait for the <laughs> next episode on that one. 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll call it there. But uh, before we do do our little outro real quick, uh, it's come to my attention. I, I sent Nate a message about it like earlier this week, but uh, it's come to my attention and our attention that throughout our absence, you know, we've gotten some uh, new areas of new listeners. So uh, I just want to real quick do a quick shout out like by area where you guys are from. Um, so shout out to our Brazilian listeners, shout out to our, uh, Mexican listeners down in Mexico, uh, shout out to Texas, shout out to Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Maryland, uh, Virginia, New Jersey, and let's see where else, uh, Italy, Belgium, the UK and Sweden. Shout out to all you listeners. That's a, that's pretty cool. Never thought we'd really break out of the States, but I appreciate all the listeners and uh, I'm sure Nate does as well. <laughs> I do. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's listening States or overseas, different countries. I, I honestly, I want to thank all of you. Um, this has been a great experience for me and I've been having a great time and we will we will try to do better with the <laughs> consistency for each episode. Uh, no promises. Life, yeah, no promises, though. Life has been getting crazy. Yep. Like I said, I do understand you guys understand that. And it's it's just I appreciate everything that you guys do for us by listening to it. And we do hope for um, comments or messages or anything if you have any questions or anything like that. Like I said, I'm going by Bad Twin on Instagram. B A D T W I N N. Um, you can always find Matt with Funtagery BM on pretty much any platform. Yes, so, sir. Uh, yeah, I would like to just say once again, guys, thanks for listening, and um, hopefully, you listen to the next episode too. See you guys in Halo 5, and uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, peace. Peace. Bye.